0: I'm ABC's Ginger Z. In this episode of Inside Frozen 2, there were a lot of reasons to do it, and there were still things to sing about. It gets
1: into like
2: a, almost like an improv.
1: We not only talk to the musical geniuses that wrote the songs in Frozen 2. Every day is a little harder as I feel my power grow. But they are going to play us through how they came up with those songs. Into
2: the unknown. The
1: Frozen 2 songwriting team of Kristen Anderson-Lopez and Bobby Lopez on Inside Frozen 2. Even though you are double EGOT, giantly talented couple, I feel like your names just don't get said enough. Can we just go for it and say (laughs) Kristen and Bobby Lopez, everybody? Hi. Hi, Ginger Z. Oh, we are so, so excited to do this um, because... Obviously, Frozen is all about the music, and Frozen Two is all about the music.
2: It is. I for mean, us. Is, is there, is there anything us? but <laughs>
1: music in this? Or? <laughs> no,
2: it's an adventure. I mean, it is yes. like it's packed with so much wonderful storytelling, and the music is just a part of it. But, uh, and we're not even the only music. Uh, writers of it. There's another composer that tells the story through score mm-hmm. um, and we are the, we're just the song. But we're just a part of it.
0: It isn't really just about the music because from the very, very beginning, we all sat around a table when when we realized like, okay, it's going to be, we're going to try and do this again. We all sat around a table and said, why are we doing, why do yep. Frozen 2? And there's no reason to do it unless there's really something we need to say. And there were questions. There were a lot of reasons to do it. And there were still things to sing about. Mm-hmm. Because the problem with a musical is you need to make sure your characters have emotions and questions that are so big that they can't speak it anymore. And it just has to come out in song. And we looked at the first one and Anna had had her happy ending. She had everything she wanted. Mm-hmm. She The door was open. Her sister was there. She had uh, the— looking like a pretty hunky cute boyfriend. Right? She has Olaf. Um they've got Sven, there's this happy family. But is Elsa really happy? And that was the question that led us to say, let's explore that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Why does she have these powers? And is she really happy there just decorating with ice? <laughs> right. in
1: Are you ready? I love the idea that you said when we came together and sat around a table was it really there that you said, okay, there has to be a Frozen 2? Or did Jennifer and Jen and Chris call you and say, we're going to do a Frozen 2. Are you up for it?
2: That's more how it went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we were up for it. But they, but we had to weigh in, too, on yeah. what's this about? What mm-hmm. do we have to say? You know, Even though we aren't you know, Disney employees, we just kind of come in and write songs. We have to own it, too. We have to feel mm-hmm. it. And
0: What do you mean we just come in and write songs? We just come <laughs> in and write songs. First, <laughs> the, it's simple. The first two years. We we talk about the story, yeah. all about the story, before we break ground it's on true. a single song. So no lyric we, comes to you before that. i um, well. <laughs> if I'm really true, honest, um, Jennifer Lee is like a sister to us. We've been writing for Anna and Elsa since since winter of 2011. Um, Jen came on to work on Frozen, the movie, after we did, mm-hmm. and since then. There has not been a year that we have not been writing for Anna and Elsa because after the movie, we started writing the Broadway show together. Right. And so, you know, and we've got kids that are the same age. She's got a daughter a little bit older than our two daughters. Mm -hmm. Um, So we like vacation together and we have dinners together. And it was always a question of of – what do we want to say uh, with Frozen Two, and then then it became official, um, right. and then that's when the pressure was on,
1: right? Well, even that, so I, it, you know, you say, of course, it's incredibly successful, but Disney Animation had never had a musical sequel. So this is the first. I mean, doesn't
0: that blow your mind? Yes. We, we only found that out at at D23. Right. <laughs> that, that this was the first time they've ever done a feature animation mm-hmm. of a sequel that's a musical.
2: Yeah, they mm-hmm. had like Cinderella 2 and Lion King 2, but those were done by a different division. Right. Um and uh honestly, I don't think we ever really even saw those and we we don't know too many musical sequels. You know, as a culture, mm-hmm. um, and I think uh, this there's was the a big challenge. Yeah, the Muppets, and The Muppets, right? Take Manhattan, yeah. right? <laughs> and all
1: the other Muppets,
2: and the, there's the uh, the Ring Cycle. You know, Wagner's Ring Cycle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but there aren't a lot, and but that was added pressure, I imagine. I mean, this is it's not just because it's Frozen too, and it had all of I would say all of the world's children staring. <laughs> And what, how do you even navigate that beginning? I know you said that you you did have a voice for Anna and Elsa since 2011. Is there a lyric, though, that just came in right away that you thought this has to be their voice? Well,
2: or what's um, the first thing you remember? The first thing we wrote yeah. for it was that they explained this story to us um, and we kind of were talking about it for, for a year or so. Mm-hmm. And certain things started to stick. And one of the things was the mother, Queen Iduna. Um, Anna and Elsa's mother uh, knew about the past we kept being more and more interesting in her because she really is a blank slate in that first film you don't know what she's thinking she barely says anything (gasps) she's ice cold I know where we have to go it turns out she's got some secrets and she sort of uh, sings them a lullaby Uh, this was our idea I guess that she has all this information that she wants to pass on but can't Mm. so she does it through this lullaby and uh, that was the first song we wrote right hon?
0: Yes. I'm going to say, I'm going to yes and that. Uh, (laughs) Who has the better memory? Does Bobby traditionally have the better memory? Um, That's
2: how I I recall it. Okay.
0: We knew we were going to have the past coming back. And the way that she had to speak in code to Elsa, I think she always thought that she was going to be there when the past came to visit. Mm -hmm. Um, Sadly, she's not. uh, But through this song she's left clues she's left a little road map
1: for the entire movie right. and for um the girl's path and they can keep singing it and, and remembering it so the lullaby seems like okay that makes sense once you decide it's a lullaby and it has the storyline behind it uh, but a lot of people are thrilled to know that kristoff has his moment <laughs> that kristoff has this song and then you see it and it's Kind of Richard Marx. kind of 80s ballad. Is that what you were going for? Is it like the... <laughs> Again, you're gone
2: Off on a different path than mine
0: Bobby and I um both love 80s music. Yeah. There was a, it was a time that you could have huge emotions as a man mm-hmm. um and really sing about them. If you think about all of those power ballads that Bon Jovi sang and Chicago and Richard Marx, all of those people, mm-hmm. there was a time that like men could wear tight pants and yeah. sing big songs. Coming off
1: the 70s going into the 80s, That's right. right? That's kind of that Fashion leading
2: in the '70s, they sang in sweet, soft tones, and right. then in the '80s, they got loud and high. Right, and uh, <laughs> we wanted to sing. We wanted to write something for Jonathan Groff that really showed him off because we we had uh, that's you a know. good rhyme, honey. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, yeah, we, we the the first film doesn't have a good song for for Kristoff, right. and be, because it didn't really, it couldn't really fit one. Right. Uh, his character was really kind of closed off at first, and then Anna is the one that brings him out, and this is the moment after he's uh, you know proposed to her a number of times and it never goes well cuz she's always focused on elsa and then in the middle of the woods he he gets a very big proposal <laughs> together and um it's it's really quite funny and she's not even there she's she's left and without even saying goodbye uh. and he starts to question oh my gosh is this is this even happening does she even know I exist anymore. Mm-hmm. What's going on? What's
0: going on with my life? But here's here's the thing: every song that we write, um, we find that we have to we have to find our way into how. To, what does this mean? How is this in our experience? How does it resonate with what we have to say? Mm-hmm. And we do have a lot to say about Christoph and Anna's journey and the feeling of even if you love someone and you're so connected, you, there are times that you get lost in the wood. You get into the yeah. metaphorical enchanted forest where you are not connecting and you're not on the same page. And that feeling, and I think it's very universal for any couple, that feeling of like the the first thing of like, huh, that was weird. Mm-hmm. And then another thing happens like, whoa, mm-hmm. something's going on. And then if communication breaks down for whatever reason, in this case it's the metaphor of an enchanted forest, um, then you really kind of go uh-oh what am i where am i how do i talk to them can i can i talk to them um and that's sort of where anna and elsa are in this i mean all anna of them are yeah all of them. i mean anna and christoph are in right. this movie is um well, moving forward
2: grow, right he's right. got to uh find his inner romantic and be able to express it to her mm-hmm. and it's not easy it's not easy for men men sometimes get that squashed out of them or they never see a model of it when they're growing up. They don't see, you know, a um that love expressed in that way, even though they have it inside them. And I think Especially this is his, Christoph, right? I, I relate to that. I was I was an introvert. I was mm. very, you know, like I was behind my piano. That was the way I kind of communicated. And uh i i have been on a journey to be more romantic <laughs> <laughs>
0: he was not a great communicator uh-huh. uh and over we've been married we just celebrated our sixteen sixteenth 16th anniversary that's what i was yeah. going to ask uh, next okay so oh, 16 yeah. years 16 yeah. years and at the beginning there would be times that i would like we'd be so connected and then it would just go away mm-hmm. and and i'd be like what just happened, and I I knew he could find his way back. But now we're much better at mm. labeling. Like before, before he goes blank and the TV screen goes off, <laughs> that I can go like, okay, come yep. back to me. What's where are you? What
1: let's build the bridge. Um, and I think that's what's going on with Christoph. And All music's a great way to do that, right? Is uh, music does help that beginning of the communication. I'm sure. Tell me, you've written uh, an 80s ballad for your wife, <laughs> 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 just unreleased. You know.
2: I yeah, maybe that's, that's a, next, maybe for that's that's the twentieth anniversary. Do. What a great idea! We, we <laughs> did
0: have we did have an eighties ballad we wrote for another project that got scrapped,
2: which is kind of our song. Uh, yeah, and that
1: Aww. I think uh, I think is really about. Us. <laughs> it's it's a duet
2: and it's even higher than right. The Woods.
1: I mean, but speaking of like in an animated film, there's always layers to to what the different parts of the audience are going to understand. I feel like that one is very directed at, at this kind of demo and age group, right? I mean, it works for everybody, but my I'm sure the hope, kids couldn't couldn't possibly understand the the pain in the eyes. I think of my again, hope
0: is that. Karaoke bars yeah. all over the world, Yes, there are men feeling their feelings yes. and empowered to feel their feelings. Right. And maybe they'll go and they'll sing this song at karaoke. They'll let out those strong feelings and then they'll pick, out, pick up their cell phone mm-hmm. and dial and say, we need to talk.
1: Yeah. That's my home. <laughs> how, how would you say 16 years later, the process of you two working together, and I'm sure it wasn't from the very, very—I know that you met in it, within it, but— how has it changed? Like, how does the process? I know that there's very simple. You write lyrics. You write, you know, melody. Or, or, or...
2: well, it's not. It's quite as simple as that. We we <laughs> definitely overlap a lot. Sure. I write lyrics. She writes music, and. Uh, I, I'm usually behind the piano, but uh. yes,
0: he can play the piano, and I can play the flute and mm-hmm. the harmonica <laughs> and a, a mean tambourine
2: and the ukulele <laughs> and the ukulele. How,
1: how has that process evolved? Well, it's Even interesting. Since the first one, I imagine,
0: Bobby knew what he wanted to do when he was 11, mm-hmm. um, and I was I, I was a kid who who created musicals and put them on in my backyard and started them and directed them and designed them. And, um, but the narrative that I downloaded, I think because there weren't many female creators, uh, was that I was an actress. Mm. So I was lost in my own woods for a while being a very mediocre musical theater actress in my Mm twenties and writing lyrics backstage for fun. I would rewrite and I would write these rhyming birthday cards. And only at 27 did I realize I'm a lyricist. Oh. Uh, someone told me I was a lyricist. And then I said, what do, what do I do with that? Uh, okay. What do I do? <laughs> and they were like, there's this free workshop and uh, where you can go and learn. And that's where I met Bobby. Mm-hmm. So Bobby, who had known what he was going to do since he was 11, uh, was way ahead of me at that moment. And I was just learning how to write musicals when we met. Um, that said, by the time we started working together, I um, – he he had already won a Tony, right? <laughs>
2: Yeah, but I had learned so much from you. I mean she knew so much about story and so much about, you know, the overview, the theme, and really communicating with an audience. And even though I had more technical knowledge, she really helped – my first project along helped me win the Tony. And had more um, heart, I imagine, for right? For sure, absolutely. And she helped me get in touch with my own feelings. Mm-hmm. I mean she's, she's amazing. And um, I would say that even though, you know – even I kind of looked at her as the junior partner at first, mm-hmm. and I didn't maybe believe in her as much as I probably should have. Um, and it took Frozen One, the success of that, to turn me around and make me realize like I am really lucky to be working with her. She is so so fresh, so good. She has so much to say that I don't that I don't have inside me. You know that she has something to say that the world needs to hear, and. Um,
0: Oh, he's Hmm. he's tearing tearing up.
1: up. (laughs) Oh, honey. Um, That's very nice. It is very nice. You don't need Um. to write the ballot anymore because I think you just did, my friend.
2: If you like getting the story behind the story, check out Start Here, the daily news podcast from ABC News. Every morning, Start Here will get you ready for your day with insightful, straightforward reporting on a few of the day's biggest headlines. From groundbreaking investigative reports to urgent revelations shaping your world. Recently honored with the prestigious Edward R. Murrow Award, Start Here takes you inside the stories that matter and where they're heading next. So start smart with Start Here. Check it out on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app.
1: There are so many great songs. What was the easiest or what came to you the quickest? Well,
0: Olaf's song was hard to find for a very long time. The middle of this movie, we knew the beginning. We knew the end. I think Jennifer Lee, who is a brilliant genius, had all of these huge ideas that we had talked about. And she was containing this giant three-act epic scale movie in her head and allowing for all of the possibilities. Um that's what's so great and why her movies are fantastic because her brain can allow for all those impossibilities or all those possibilities and hold them all. The rest of us were like,
2: "What? Can we nail down please?" <laughs> um,
0: and uh, and yet we knew we needed an Olaf Olaf song in Act 2. And so we were under a lot of pressure and I there's this skating rink where we live. And I would go on Tuesday mornings when nobody was there. And I would just skate for an hour to just kind of blow off steam. And I was thinking about how, oh my gosh, like none of this makes sense right now. It's all so scary. But I have to trust the process. I know in three months or five months or nine months, this is all going to be okay. This is all going to make sense. And I went, oh! <laughs> and I ran up to the guy who rents the ice skates and I said, can I borrow a piece of paper and a pen? Do you have a piece of paper? Because I was only had only my winter coat. And um, I started writing the lyric for this will all make sense when I'm older. This
1: will all make sense when I am older. Someday I will see that this makes sense. And I would skate a little
0: bit and then I would go over to the side, to the railing and start and write a rhyme. And I would skate a little bit more. And then I came back and I was like... Here's Olaf's song. And um, then Bobby instantly sort of put it into a...
2: I put my piano on a, uh, on a sled.
1: And <laughs> <a, on> <laughs> followed her yeah, around. The ice. That is so frozen of both of you. <laughs> um, I know that the first uh, score had your daughters in it, Katie and Annie. Are they back?
2: No, not in this one, but they, they did help us out. They, they recorded did. a lot of scratch dialogue for mm-hmm. little Anna and little Elsa. There's a flashback scene in the beginning of the movie that has them and... Kristen was the scratch vocal, scratch uh, dialogue Aduna. for Aduna, mm-hmm. um, and so it was nice for a little while. I got to see like this very touching scene in the beginning with their their voices uh, oh. it was a sweet thing.
1: But they they tell you if you if they like it or not. Oh were yeah, there, were there any songs of the ones that did not get entered in that they were the ones that said no way. This can't happen or? Well,
2: the ones that have gotten cut. We try not to write stinkers.
1: <laughs> so which one was horrible?
0: <laughs> there are no no songs that got cut that they were like, no. But the songs that are in there, mm-hmm. you you can rest assured that our children were the first people that heard, heard them mm-hmm. or heard even snippets of them. Even, you know, we'd come home and be like. What do you think of this? Uh, and they're they were they're actually quite good at giving feedback now. They're yeah. like, I really like this, but I think you need to tell us more about this.
1: Um, Did they have to sign something? How do they keep these <laughs> secrets? Like if I was a, if I was a, a 10 or a 14-year-old, I'm going to tell you right now, everything would be to my friends.
2: Aww. <laughs> it would not have been safe. I don't think they told anybody anything. Really? I don't think they were. What good girls. Yeah, they, they, I think they knew that it was important they not tell anything and.
0: Yeah. I think maybe we have told them that uh if they if they share some of these secrets and they get out, we could be sued for all we're worth. There we go. And I.
1: OK, maybe I would have been better then. Um, um, speaking of the, the film's gravity, because there is a lot when you and you mentioned it at the beginning, the pressure. And, and this is something that we spoke about when we were at D23. And I loved that you gave me so much information, by the way, that when the cast came in, they were like, where did you hear that? And it was like, no, 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 it's OK. We can talk about this. The Lopez has told me. <laughs> oh, no, now we're in
2: trouble. Uh (laughs) No, it was
1: wonderful. Um, Mm -hmm. But we knew that there had to be something as epic as Let It Go. And so for this film, that is Into the Unknown. Every day is a little harder as I feel my power grow. Don't you know there's part of me that loves?
0: You know, it's so funny because I was dreaming that for the press junket, we're going to put a little jar on the piano and every reporter who comes in and Mm -hmm. says... Is there a let it go? Right. And <laughs> um, we're gonna say you have to put a nickel
1: in the <laughs> jar. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I answered a different uh, way. No, so. no, you did it. You did
0: such a good job. No, you did it so nicely. Um and the truth is mm-hmm. we are getting a lot of feedback that possibly there's not one but two. Two.
1: That's um, the other thing I would have added on. I had an addendum <laughs> to this one. But again It's not the, the same it's story. Never, it's never let sure. it go. Right. Yeah. I mean it and you let don't it, want it to be let it exactly. go. Exactly. Let
2: right. it go um was always a song that worked in the story that we that we were very proud of and mm-hmm. it was the um the reaction to it that turned sure. it into this phenomenon that you know we didn't plan for and we have no control over and um you know we still have yet to see what this what this these songs uh will do as far as audience reaction mm-hmm. like that's something that that they surprised us with that's what we're waiting to find out you know we'd love to have another hit but what we really need to do is tell a story and uh, and that's the that's that's the joy of our process. That's why it takes so long. That's why we work so hard. Um, and we would love to to make something, you know, classic that lives mm-hmm. forever, but you, you can't – we're not in charge of that.
1: It could have just as easily be um, Olaf's song. I mean that – truly, <laughs> right? I mean really it's just whatever resonates then. It's
0: whatever resonates. Yeah. And And that's an interesting place that we are right here as we're recording this podcast mm-hmm. is I was just telling a friend – that I, I have this low thrum of anxiety and I realized it is because this is the part where we let go. Mm-hmm. This is where we say oh, we did our best. Um, here you go, world. Yeah. Now now the dance begins between what we did and how you receive it. Mm-hmm. And that really is the beauty and the terrifying thing of about what we do is that it's not done until you're in a collaboration with your audience and you're in a collaboration with the little girls the teenagers the senior citizens who hopefully will all see something about their lives up there and hear something in those songs
1: mm-hmm. when you when you saw it and and heard adina sing and heard um you know all of the characters bring it to life did it did it take on anything different for you each of the songs is there one that kind of you went wow that's even better than i anticipated or
2: i mean uh into the Unknown is, it's different from Let It Go in that it's the I Want song. She's the main protagonist of the story. And she is the one that's telling the audience, basically. And she's she's not even singing to the audience. She's not singing to herself. She's singing to this other voice that she doesn't even know who it is or what it means. But she knows that it's calling her. And at first she's very, um, she's reacting against it. She's kind of resisting it. And then by the end of the song, she can't deny that a big part of her wants to follow it. And uh, that's what the rest of the movie is about, her journey to follow this and find this voice and figure out where it is that she needs to be.
0: Adina, to work with Adina, we always talk about her as like working with a Stradivarius. You're given this instrument unlike any in the world. um, And we've learned that uh, sometimes Adina's superpower is how vulnerable she can be down low, when you have her sort of very intimate with the mic, um, singing down low, kind of things that she's never spoken to herself before. And then as you bring her higher you find this power, which is really what Elsa is all about. Mm -hmm. Elsa, Adina really is Elsa in a lot of ways because she has this superpower and this ability to do things that you're like, no one can do that. (laughs) Um, But she also, this song, Into the Unknown, is about intuition and following your intuition even when you know it may not be what everyone wants for you. And Adina is the most intuitive performer in the world, too. Adina, there's there's times when we'll get into the studio with her and we just realize, you know what, we're just going to let her follow her intuition. Mm-hmm. And she can maybe hit a moment where she's doubting herself. And then she you can watch her kind of go, can I have a second? And she goes into the stairwell and she does some – like she'll start – Doing some vocalizations, and you can just tell that she's centering herself, and then she'll come in, and she will blow us all away. And, and so you don't Joseph know what happens Elsa. in that stairwell exactly. I know that I know that it's she's. Like, nah. <laughs> I know that she's able to take a second and ground herself, and ground herself in her own trust her own power, um, and which is really, I think, what this whole movie is about, is is Elsa learning to listen to her own power. And um, I think that's what Adina does in the studio Mm. every time we have the great privilege to work with her.
1: I know that Oscar consideration, sorry, but you have to talk about it because y'all are Oscar winners. Congratulations. Years later on that, by the way. Um, But do you think about that? Is that in your process? At all, that is not the most helpful way to go about it. Yeah, I imagine we uh, can't do that. It's like saying I'm going to be a New York Times bestselling author, and <laughs> here's why. But at the same time, you want to manifest great things, and you want you know you want the film to do well, and that is like the la- that's the icing on the cake.
0: Mm-hmm. But there, the- when you're writing a song, you're just thinking like. How do I buy flour? Uh, <laughs> yeah. how, where does sugar come from? Um, and you're, that's way, way basic foundation of the cake. Um, the best way to to start a song is to play. And for me, I mean that's what's so great about where we are now in our collaboration. And we just have a safety now, and uh, and sometimes I'll get a a spark of inspiration and I get to run with it and just be like, I'm going into my room and I'm writing on the page and here it is. Um, and sometimes Bobby will be in his boxers like with Remember Me. <laughs> he was he was in his boxers and we had a piano in our kitchen at the time. Um, and he was just playing this beautiful melody. And Remember Me came out and, and I was like, give me that. Give me that on my iPhone and I took it on the train and I wrote the lyric to it. Like sometimes right. you just got to wait and be open and it's usually in the moments that you're in the shower, on the toilet or in your boxers. Yeah.
1: So, in your boxers. In my boxers. <laughs> is, Sorry is, about that. Sorry no. to put
2: that in anybody's mind. Um, <laughs> I think
1: that's what we like to hear though. We like when, – when someone's listening to this and they're such a huge fan of both of y'all and, their, and your work, they want to know those – those private moments. I mean, we want to be let in because I don't want to put too much on you, but you're in a way geniuses. I mean, this is not something everybody can sit down and do every day. It still has to be surreal. This this many years later, you still had this opportunity to tell these two girl stories and, and the other people within the, the storyline, but it will no matter what, change people's lives. I mean music changes people's lives. I Do you think so. about that a lot. See, even if you're not thinking about an Oscar, you have to know. Well, like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's been the um, the most amazing surprise of mm-hmm. working with Disney and and the legacy of Frozen has been the the letters we get, the people we visit. Every time we go to a hospital, I mean, there's there's always when we we took our our daughter to um, to sort of an epilepsy wing. We were worried that she mm-hmm. was having seizures, and she spent a couple of nights. And we. Um, got to see these music therapists in the playroom of the children's ward. And they they didn't know we were there, but they just started – they were like, who wants to hear a song? And someone said, let it go. And all of a sudden they were singing, let it go. Oh my goodness. And then we walked up and introduced ourselves to the to the teacher. And she said, you know, you don't know what you've done. This has given so much to so many kids that really need emotional support. And it, it helps them fight through these um, challenges that they have. So
0: we've it, also had people come up to us on the street and go, "You don't know what you've done."
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> I've
0: been listening to "Let It Go" in my minivan <laughs> twenty times a day yeah. for seven
1: years. Um, we do get that side too. Sure, uh, but um, the but the fan interaction has to be once they know. Like you said, it can go all different ways. Is there one other that sticks out to you? Well,
0: I I guess. I turned my sights to a song that we have that's at the very end of this movie. Um, that the I next right thing. It's called "Do the Next Right Thing," and and I'll just share the story. I've I've cleared it with the director that I can tell this. But um, when we were doing the press junket for Frozen One, Chris Buck, um, the director on this film, lost his son mm. and had to fly home. Um, tragically, it was awful. And then when we were – a couple years later, Andrew Page, who is the person who is the engineer who who puts together all the performances and is is our partner on everything we do for Disney, he also lost his daughter, Esme, um, tragically. And so two of our core team had the unimaginable nightmare Mm -hmm. happen to them. And I – we really – took it hard and meditated on the strength that they show every single day like how do you how do you wake up the next day after something like that happens and I think the first song that's what I was gonna say I, I thought the first song we wrote for Frozen Two was actually that uh was next this right song thing. do the next right thing because mm-hmm we realized that Anna would be the perfect person to show us what do you do when you've lost everything.
1: I've seen dark before, but not like this.
0: How do you, optimism, optimism is is a a choice, and it's not a choice to, like, I'm going to be happy forever. Mm -hmm. It's a choice to, okay, I'm going to take a breath, and I'm going to sit up, and I'm going to put one foot, down, and it's going to kill me. And then I'm going to put another foot down, and it's going to kill me. And maybe I will take those steps to the kitchen and make myself a sandwich Mm -hmm. so I can make it through the next hour. And I think we're sort of breaking down grief into that, into those tiny choices with Do the Next Right Thing. And when I wrote that song, I definitely thought about the dark moments I've had in my own life. Um, and how did I get through them? And I'm hoping that this song can act. If anyone's going through grief or feeling that they just can't get out of bed, that they this song can
1: be like a little prayer for them and mm-hmm. shine a little light. Um, I so too, it sounds like that. I imagine their response when you told them this that it uh, was kind of born of this idea.
0: Well, For when we when we did send him the song, because we send the songs first to Tom McDougal, um, who's the head of music, mm-hmm. and then he says, go ahead and send it. Or sometimes <laughs> he says, go back. Not yet. Not yeah, yet. Exactly. Um, in this case, we we wrote it. We did the demo, and we took a lot of care with the demo to try and try and literally feel the breath that you would feel if you were this pulled down by the gravity of grief. Um, and then we sent it to Chris and Jen. And we got the most beautiful letter back from Chris and Shelley, because Shelly is his wife. Um, and I, I can't, I won't quote it for v- verbatim, but she did say, um, Thank you for mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Thank you, um, Ryder, their son, thanks you for this mm-hmm. and for, um, for speaking to that experience and, mm-hmm. and allowing us to put that in Frozen 2.
1: I love the story. Beautiful song. Going to be with us for a long time to come. So many thanks to Kristen Anderson Lopez and Bobby Lopez. You know, you haven't heard the last of them, by the way. In an upcoming episode, they are going to be back in our studios playing and singing a special one-of-a-kind performance. I'm telling you, it is magic. You are going to hear them sing the songs of Frozen 2.
0: Show yourself. I'm dying to meet you.
1: Show it's your turn. Inside Frozen 2 is a production of ABC Audio and Walt Disney Animation Studios. Written and produced by Matt Wolf, with additional production by Trevor Hastings, Dana Schaefer, Gabriel Stewart, and my personal favorite Frozen fan, Samantha Winnett. Executive produced by Heidi Orenger. And special thanks to Amy Astley at Walt Disney Animation Studios. See Frozen 2 in theaters November 22nd and Frozen on Disney+. .plus I'm Ginger Zee. Thanks so much for listening to Inside Frozen 2.
2: Now streaming exclusively on Disney+. .plus Follow the journey of a young prince in search of himself through betrayal, love, and self-identity with Black as King. The new visual album from Beyonce with music from The Lion King, The Gift, is a celebratory memoir that reimagines the lessons of The Lion King for today. Black is King, streaming now exclusively on Disney+.